Amen. How many know that God is making your life better? God's making your life better. Amen. Wasn't worship awesome? And I tell you, that last song, if they sung that chorus one more time, I think we would have had a Holy Ghost runaway up in here. My Lord, I put my hope in you. And I just kind of build you. I mean, you know, some, I, I think for some of us, that might be the first time we've actually heard those words come out of our mouth. It's because somebody put the words on a screen and we felt stupid not saying them, so we just, you know, blurred them out. And, and, but how you know that needs to be your confession? Every day you get out of bed, I set my hope in you, God. Amen. Come on. You know what? We've been talking about confidence and we started off talking about the fact that confidence uh, makes your life better. Come on. Confidence makes your life better. Everything you do, when you add confidence to it, you do it better. Come on. You parent better with confidence. You drive better with confidence. Thank you, Jesus. Everything, everything you do, you, you, you serve better, you, you, you lead better, you give better, you invest better, you, you sleep better. God wants you to have some confidence. Look at your neighbor and say, God, God wants you to have some confidence. Hebrews 10.35, hey, by the way, it's good to be home. You know, we were at a really nice spot, but all we could think about was you, so we just came on back. You did cross my mind when Shelby mentioned it. But, uh, okay. Hebrews, <coughs> I better get on. I'll have to repent here in a minute. Okay. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Don't throw it away. It'll be richly rewarded. Can I just tell you this, that God life is impossible without confidence. See, living with confidence or living without it, it's like going down two different paths. With confidence, it'll take you to one destination, but without it, it'll lead you to another one. That's what the enemy's trying to do is to get you to throw away your confidence so that he can get you at a different end result than the one that God had planned for you. In Isaiah, he said, you know, I declared the end at the beginning. He said, my purpose, it's going to happen. The thing that I set forth to accomplish, it shall be done. And the only way, I'm telling you, that the end result that God has for your life, the only way to mess that up is to get you to let go of your confidence. So don't throw it away. It will be richly rewarded. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. And do it. With everything you got. Just, just decide, you know what? Uh, I'm going to live with confidence. I'm not suggesting that confidence is a replacement for incompetence. I'm not saying that if you're confident, but you don't know what you're doing, life is going to be great. No, I, I'm telling you that everything that you're capable of doing, when you add confidence to it, you do that better. The gifting that God's put inside of you, when you just operate in confidence, it'll be better. Uh, you can be an idiot and have confidence. You're just a confident idiot. You still got to know some stuff. You, you, you still got to be educated uh, uh, about what you're doing. But God's putting people in your life that their wisdom, their insight, their revelation covers your lack. 
So your confidence is growing. And as you do what God's called you to do, and you do it with confidence, I'm telling you, it's better. You know, we, we talked about the size of our confidence. Remember in Psalms 27, and, and we sang this tonight. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the evil men advance against me, it doesn't say if, it says when. When they come to devour my flesh, when enemies and foes attack me. Hey, it's going to happen. But they will stumble and fall. Look at verse 3. Though an army besieges me, my heart will not fear. The war breaks out against me. Even then, I will be confident. I'm telling you that you gotta, you got to develop a confidence that's bigger than your circumstance. We're all going to deal with crazy circumstances. We're all going to deal with situations that are beyond us, that, that, that we don't understand. But even then, I will be confident. You need a confidence that's bigger than what you can see or feel. Hello, somebody. Why? Well, because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Look at the source of our confidence. We, can I just tell you this? That when you know God better, your confidence gets bigger. When you know God better, your confidence will get bigger. Confidence comes as a result of relationship. If you have weak confidence, let me tell you a little something, something about your relationship with God. You can say, well, I, you know, I, I'm just a shy individual. I, I, no, you, you, you're lacking in, in, in a revelation of the character of God. Thank you for that big response. That was very confident of you. <laughs> if you build an understanding of God's plan for your life, your confidence is going to grow bigger. If you, if you think about it, if you, if you know God as the provider, well, your confidence is huge that my God's going to meet all my needs. But if you don't know him that way, and I'm not talking about knowing about it. I'm talking about knowing it. See, it, you might know about God the healer. But once you know God the healer, hey, I walk in divine health. I demonstrate Satan's defeat every day of my life. Even on the day I don't feel good, I get up and scream about how good God is. Why? Because my confidence in him and his character, you know, the more I know about him, the greater my confidence becomes. This week, uh, I, I want to tell you, uh, just uh, I have about 27 points, just I've, I've been gone, and, uh, and I'm, ne I'm never going to get through all of it, but I want to tell you how to build your confidence. I hope you came prepared to take notes. Uh, I want to tell you how to build your confidence. Confidence is like a muscle. And you can strengthen your confidence. You're not stuck with puny confidence. Now, I want to tell you that there's a lot of people that, that, that are here that, uh, and coming this weekend and people we know and that we're familiar with that have really scrawny confidence. But you don't have to let it remain that way. You can, you can develop your confidence and you can grow your confidence. So I just want to give you some, uh, uh, some keys to growing your confidence. Can I just tell you a little something? I know a little bit about confidence. You're never going to rattle me. You're never going to shake my confidence in God's ability to come through in every situation. Ever. Ever. You, you just ain't got enough. 
You can come tell me anything you want, but I'm always going to have more confidence in God and his word than I ever will in you and yours. You can say, well, I'm leaving. I can say goodbye. I'm confident that God's not. Why? Because the Lord is on my side. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's with me in the good times, the bad times, the hard times, the easy times. I have great confidence. The people who know me know I ain't lying. I walk in confidence. So I want you to understand something. I, I can help you here. You, you have the ability to leave here with, with, with the ability to radically change your life. So get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, you, you, you should change yours. Tell them. Okay, number one. Number one. How are we going to grow confidence? Number one, make up your mind you want to be known for strong confidence. Make up your mind, this is what I'm going to be known for. I'm going to be known for strong confidence. I'm not going to be known for my insecurity. I'm not going to be known for worry. I'm not going to be known for all the sicknesses that I've encountered. Come on, I'll mess with you a little bit. I've been gone too long. Not, not going to be, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of people, when the, when the doctor says, this is what you got, and it's a big old long name, you can't even say it, but when they get home, they can spell it frontwards and backwards. They, they, they stay on the internet long enough to know everything there is to know about their canine nuptiosis or whatever it is they got. And, and uh, if they would study God's word the way that they study their disease, they would demonstrate Satan's defeat just like that. But they're known for their wisdom and their understanding of the battle that they're in, not for the guy who's going to give them the victory. And what you have to decide tonight is that I'm going to be known for great confidence. I'm going to start right now, and I'm going to grow my confidence, and people are going to know me for strong confidence. If you think about it, all the heroes of the Bible, everybody that we celebrate, you know, Joseph, David, Nehemiah, Jabez, Deborah, they're all known for their great confidence. Regardless of the difficulty they faced, the circumstances that they found themselves in, they were known for their confidence. And you've got to ask yourself a question, what am I really known for? Am I known for my confidence or for my fears? You know, if I ask friends to describe me, would they say I walk in confidence or would they say he's got a lot of worry? In one scripture, you have to look it up yourself, Proverbs 28. It says, uh, the wicked flee even when nobody's chasing them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. How are you known? You're going to make it your mind. I'm going to be known for great confidence. I'm not going to be known for my problems. I'm going to be known for my solution. My confidence is in the Lord. Number two, you need to learn to hate your own insecurities. Now, hang on, I'll explain it. But you need to learn to hate your own insecurities. You need to be disgusted by your shyness, your timidity. Got to tell you something, we'll talk about it quite a bit if I get this far, but uh, uh, that, that spirit is not of God. And so when it's operating in your life, you need to recognize that insecurity is actually part of the sin nature. And insecurity found its origin, its origin in sin. It first showed up, you know, remember when uh, God came down to walk with Adam and he said, Hey, Adam! And Adam's off hiding somewhere. That's when insecurity showed up on the scene 
And it was a result uh, of, of a thought that I need to hide from God instead of run to Him. So you need to hate your insecurities. And don't, don't get uh, insecurity and humility mixed up. Because there's, there's a big difference between humility and insecurity. Don't ever confuse the truth. The, the, the tree of insecurity produces fruit like inadequacy and inferiority and insignificance. Those aren't God things. Insecurity can, often it'll come off kind of like arrogance. And underneath that arrogance, you're going to find an insecurity. It can show itself as anger, defensiveness, but it's just insecurity. And, it, and it's right out of the pit of hell. Humility, on the other hand, humility is the fruit of the confidence tree. Humility makes confident people teachable. Come on. I, I don't want to lose you. You with me? Humility makes confident people teach, teachable. It causes confident people to, to take correction well. You, you, you don't end up hurting their feelings. No, that's insecurity. When someone says something to you and what they said feels like, like an attack and it hurts you, that's just an insecurity that you need to deal with in your life. Well, they shouldn't have said it that way. It shouldn't make any difference to you how they say it. I mean, it really, it should, well, should they be nice? Of course, but, if, but a lot of people aren't. I mean, what are you going to do? You're not a victim. I said, you're not a victim. You know, well, you, you should be nicer, Tom. <laughs> Tough tooties. <laughs> you, you, you need to consider my feelings. You, you need to consider getting over it. I'm for you. I'm for you. I'll die for you. I just won't let you shoot me. But, you, you, you know, you hang around me long, you're either going to get tough skin or you're going to move on. Why? Well, because I just don't have a bunch of insecurity in me. And I don't think you should either. Hello, somebody. Uh, humility causes confident people to have an accurate sense of themselves. They're not pumped up, but they don't need to be propped up either. really quiet in here you know if you if you need to be propped up all the time i need i just need somebody to, to speak good things to me the bible says woe unto you when all men speak well of thee you know you need to find your security in god and you need to hate your own insecurity insecurity is fear-based it doesn't do well with correction, instruction, or authority. It's easily offended, angered quite frequently. It overreacts to every comment that others make, any evaluation or scrutiny they're put on, under. You've got to hate your insecurity. Now, everybody's got some. Every, every, look at your neighbor and say, it's okay, you, you have some too. But let me tell you what will happen if you don't deal with it. It will hinder God's plan for your life. Insecurity will sabotage your potential. And, and that's what he's saying in Hebrews. You know, hey, don't let anything take your confidence because your reward is tied to the confidence. For you have need of patience. The next verse says, you have need of patience. Remember, patience isn't the ability to wait a long time. Patience is the ability to remain unchanged regardless of time. 
You, you have need of patience for after you do the will of God, you do the will of God, you're going to receive the promise. So you just got to stand in there, man, and, and, and just deal with that and realize that, hey, my insecurities are trying to separate me from God's purpose and plan. So I, I'm just not going to, I'm, I'm not going to let them hang around. Uh, one man wrote this. He said, people who are humble don't think less of themselves. They just think of themselves less. Quit making you the issue and let God give you some confidence. Amen? Give you number three. You look like you're hurting. So number three is important. Form a new habit and reclaim the territory of your mind. Form a new habit and reclaim the territory of your mind. You know, it's like I was saying earlier, we'd like to have a prayer line and get anointed and, and, and pray and put a guard over our mind so that we never think another negative thought. I'd, I'd like that too, but the fact is, is that before you get to the car, you're going to have one. The first one's going to be, did that work? And the answer is going to be no. Because you have to guard your mind. Second uh, Timothy 1.7, again, you have to look this one up. In the CEV, it says, God's spirit doesn't make cowards out of us, but it gives us power, love, and self-control. You know, you gotta, you gotta reclaim the territory of your mind. It, you know, it, think about it. I was watching a, 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 a TV program uh, about flipping houses. And this guy was peeling off some paneling that was on the wall, and the walls were all covered with uh, the trails of termites. And they were just, you know, they'd eaten up everything, and they got a real problem with the termites in there. And how do those termites get in? Well, they just got in. They're in there. I don't have any termites. That's what they, you would have sworn that looking at the room before they peeled off the paneling. And even though they're unnoticed, they're wreaking havoc. And a lot of stuff that you haven't yet allowed your attention to go to, it doesn't mean it's not there, and it doesn't mean that it's deteriorating the plan that God has for your life. Your, the way you think... The, the, the way you think, man, I'm telling you, you got to reclaim the territory of your mind. you got to guard your mind from uh, negativity. Refuse to allow negativity to, to camp out in your mind. Re, you take control of your mind. Well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Guard your mind from self-pity. Quit feeling sorry for you. Guard your mind from suspicion of other people. They're out to get me. Who cares? God before me. Who cares who's against me? Guard your mind from bashing yourself or others. Stop it. Guard your mind from pettiness. Don't grow weary in doing well on this one. Reclaim the territory of your mind. You know, some people, they get hit... Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, it's different for different people. Some people, you're getting a negative thought about one every second. You need to attack that thing. I said, you need to attack that thing. Well, I'm right most of the time. No, you're wrong all the time. Because you think that it's justifiable to think that way. It's killing your confidence. Number four. Cultivate a sense of assurance. Cultivate a sense of assurance. God is for me. God is 
for me. Look at Psalms 118, verse 6 and 7. The Lord is on my side. That don't mean he's on, he's, he's on my team. He meant he's on my side. I will not fear. And that just reeks of confidence, doesn't it? You know, what could man do to me? Look, look at verse 7. The Lord is on my side. He takes up my part. I don't have to defend myself. He does it. He's among those who help me. I'll see my desire established upon those who hate me. The Lord is on my side. You gotta, you gotta develop your assurance that you know. You just know that you know that, you know, you can't be talked out of it. That, 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 well, you know, I had that, you don't know all the stuff I had in my past and the sins I've committed and the, and the things that I've said. God is for you. You gotta be certain of that. You, you just gotta, you just gotta get it. And, and here's the deal. I mean, think about it this way. Some plants are, are, are easy growers, but some aren't. And, you know, you would think that you could plant an arborvita anywhere and the sucker would thrive. But not at our house. You know, we got a hedge between us and the neighbors and half of them are dead and we plant five or six out back to separate the dog kennel from the rest of the place and half of them die. And what is going on? And you can buy a new one and stick it in the ground and it lasts about a season. That's why I love Costco. You just buy them and take the dead one back. But... If you'd like to plant it and watch it grow, what you need to do is do a, a, a soil test. And you test the soil and you find out that if you would just improve the soil, the plant would thrive. Some of us, what we need to do is a soil test in our heart. Because confidence does not grow in every soil. It grows in a soil that knows God is for me. You can't buy into the thought that God doesn't care about me, my situation. You've got to cultivate a sense of assurance around the idea that God's on my side. Number five, you might think this one will be weird, but it's very true. You need to improve your serve. You want to grow your confidence? Improve your serve. You know, studies show that people who are helping others, when, when you're helping somebody, studies show that endorphins are released in your mind, and it actually, it, they actually call it the helper's high. You feel better when you've helped others. It actually, it actually, the, the, the sense that it, that it releases is a sense of confidence. The helper's high. Jesus, you know, I think he said it first, if you want to be great, be a servant. We need to learn to feel good about ourselves, but live in others first. I think the deal is, is that too many of us are caught up in ourself too much. What I need, what I deserve, what I should have, it's kind of like the me monster. And selfishness, you know, it causes moodiness in your life. You don't realize how self-focused you are. I work hard for my money. I think everybody does. You might need to learn how to serve others. Reach out to somebody who's less fortunate than you. Be part of something that's bigger than your individual reach. 
improve your serve. It'll improve your confidence. Number six, trust in the Lord with all your heart. We know Proverbs 3, verse 5, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Can I just tell you this? It, it, you want to grow your confidence, you just got to learn to trust God. Just trust God. When you can't figure it out, trust God anyways. When it doesn't make sense, trust God anyways. See, what, it, what happens is we end up with too much room in our mind to question the character of God. You know, people who are new to God life, or, and even some who've been around a long time, it, your scope of understanding has you stuck. You forget that God can see more than you can. In the Bible, the, the writer wrote this. He said, uh, you are God in heaven, and here I am on earth, so let my words be few. What he's saying is, you're God in heaven. you got a big picture. I'm here. I ain't got a clue. I think we'll go with you. And what you know and what you see and what you say. What you have to do is just learn to trust him. Right, check this out. Psalm 71, uh, verse 5 and 6. You have been my hope, Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth, I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. You've been my hope, Lord. From birth, I've relied on you. Isn't that awesome? I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta learn to, to just put your trust in God and quit trying to understand everything. You're not that sharp. Well, it just seems to me there's a way that seemeth right to you that ends up death. Proverbs 14, 12. God declared the end at the beginning. You better just trust Him. I said, you better just trust Him. You're going to get a promise from God, and you're latching on to that promise, and the enemy's coming up, and all he's got to do to get you to, to separate from that, the, the position that's going to take you to the promise and the production of it is to get you to let go of your confidence. Second thought. Just introduce a second thought. You know, you gotta, you gotta put a stop to the second thought in your life. Uh, remember when, uh, uh, when, uh, Peter was called out of the boat and he starts walking on the water and he began to sink and he cries out to Jesus and Jesus immediately is there and, and, and they get back to the boat, which by the way, how'd they get back to the boat? You think it was piggyback style? Think Jesus said, here, get on, I know you're scared. No, he walked him right back to the boat. And he gets him in the boat and he says, O ye of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Have you ever thought about it? Little faith? He's walking on water. Jesus said, that's little faith. Well, the word little there is not puny in stature, it's puny in duration. So, little faith, he said, you just had a little short burst of faith. You had enough to get you out of the boat. But then you looked at everything that was happening. You changed your mind. Matter of fact, wherefore did thou doubt? The word doubt is second thought. So what Jesus said is, hey, you had a short burst of faith. Why'd you give it a second thought? You, you launched. You launched. But then you, you decided after the first couple steps, you couldn't do it. What happened? And he said, well, I saw the, you know, I saw the wind and, and, and the waves. You were walking on water. You can't walk on windy water? <laughs> you, know, you, you, need to, you need to wrap your mind around this reality that any time you get out of the boat, the wind's going to start blowing. 
Anytime you say, okay, I'm, I'm going to launch in, in faith to what God's called us to, opposition cometh. You know, uh, we're believing God for some, for some crazy big things as a body. I'm, I'm telling you, we're believing God for, for some crazy big things. And, and you have no idea how close to some amazing miracles we are. But the fact is, is that every day the wind increases a little bit. Every day, there's another thought, there's another problem, there's another issue, there's another thing. And, and I'm standing here going, okay, I put my hope in you. Come on, somebody. You need, you need to trust God with all your heart. I got to hurry. I got a few more that you got to get. Number seven. Is that where I am? Train your eyes to see the good. You learn how to see everything that's wrong. How do you do that? You train your brain. I, I have some friends, relatives, you probably do too, that every time you go to a restaurant, they find something in their food. It, it don't matter every time. Why? Because they're always looking. So I can just stop looking. Why? Why? You, 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 you find fault like it's a hidden treasure. Well, that's my gift. No, it's not. That's your curse. You, got, you know, the Bible says to set your mind and keep it set on things that are above. Train, retrain your brain. Look at somebody. Tell them, retrain your brain. You know, you know and, and let me just share this with you. When you have a small break, it's just a little thing. Give God the credit. I mean, just see, see and recognize that every day God's working in your life. The, let's see. Let's let's see if we can just give some scripture. The battle isn't for the strong. Neither is the race. For, the race is not to the swift. Neither is the battle to the strong. Neither is riches to men of understanding. But time and chance happeneth unto all men. Time and chance happeneth unto all men. Time. It's it, it's it's not it's not like the calendar. It's like a moment in time. It's a moment impregnated with purpose. Time. Chance sounds like an accident, but it's not. It is a a setup by God that you're going to have a collision with destiny every day of your life. Every day, God's working in your life. Every I said every day, God's working in your life. Some of you guys on the way here, you you, you know uh, something bad could have happened, but it didn't. Thank you, Jesus. You know, give God some credit. You know, when, when you should have died, but you didn't. Don't talk about what a great driver you are. I want to talk about what a great God you serve. Because the truth is, you're not that good of a driver. You always, always want everybody to know how skilled you are and how, how strong you are and how talented you are. And, and can I just tell you something that, that when, when we celebrate... Uh, you know, the facilities that God uh, opens the doors for us to, to be in, and we're doing all kinds of stuff. Can I just tell you this? That it will be to God be the glory. It won't be because we're really wise businessmen. Give God some credit. Amen? I think, I think you just ought to be stubbornly confident. God's with me. God's on my side. I can see it every day of my life. Number eight. It's a big one for some of us. Forgive yourself like God has forgiven you. You know that when God created man, man was completely confident. 
Adam was the first one to experience guilt or shame. And since that day, it's kind of like an innate insecurity that man carries. But listen, the purpose of salvation isn't just to mark us for heaven, but it's to restore us to our original position of confidence. So you need to accept forgiveness. You need to refuse to live under the pressure of guilt and shame. You just need to step out. Okay, you're past, you're past. Don't repeat it. We've all done some stupid stuff. We've all made some big mistakes. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not a license to, to continue to, you know, to walk in, in sin and stupidity. No, that's, that's not the point. But the point is, is that once you have confessed, the Bible says that if you confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You need to accept what God has done for you. You ain't never going to have any great confidence if you keep beating yourself up about the stupid stuff that, that you've been delivered from. Receive the gift. I am forgiven. You know, there are people in your world who, who are struggling with your forgiveness. Don't be the one that agrees with them. Hey, the power of the past has been broken off of your life. Live like it. Number nine. Now, I want, trust me, I would have jumped here if I was running out of time. I want you to get this one. No matter what the circumstances are, speak with confidence. No matter what the circumstances are, speak with confidence. Joel 3.10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am Strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let's say it together. Let the weak say, I am strong. Oh, let's, now let's say it with confidence. Let the weak say, I am strong. It does not say, let the weakling say, I'm really weak. It doesn't say, if you're weak, admit it. It says, let him say, I am strong. Well, what if I feel weak? I am strong. What if I am weak? I am strong. Hebrews 10.35 where it says, don't cast off your confidence. The word confidence, go do a word study. It really has to do with the way you speak. It's freedom in speaking, an unreservedness in speech, to be open, frank, and without concealment, without ambiguity. Ambiguity, you know that word? Ambiguity. And if you think that one's bad, wait for this one. Circumlocution. Now, you want to know what's really weird is in the office tonight, getting ready, I thought about skipping this word because I couldn't say it. Circumlocution. And so I practiced it, circumlocution. And Dan's standing there, and he rattled off the definition of it. And I'm like, you go Dan. Because circumlocution is the opposite of confidence. And it means to speak in a roundabout or indirect way. 
to use words more than are necessary in a roundabout expression. See, a lot of people say, well, I'm not going to lie. I feel sorry for you. You're healed. But I don't know. I've taken my temperature. My pulse rate's off. Mm -mm. I'm not going to lie. I feel sorry for you. Because God declared something different. If you ain't got confidence, you're going to be sick all the time. You know, I, I, I get to thinking about Bev. Bev, Beverly Martinson, wave, Bev, wave. She loves this when I do this. Wave, hi, Bev. You see her jetting all over the church all over the time. She lives in Montana. <laughs> she, she, she suckered us out of a, out of a going away party. Okay. <laughs> now she's been here so long, we got to do it again. <laughs> Bev's supposed to be dead. And if not dead, then limited to a wheelchair. I mean, and granted, the chair was cool. Power thing. But her confidence in the fact that God was a healer and her ability to tell people, I'm going to be walking. I'm going to be walking. Now looking at her, like, that's nice. Thank God she didn't listen to her friends. If, if, if you don't have confidence, buy a shovel. I mean, do your family a favor and dig your own hole because you're going in it. You're going to take some confidence and, and you need to be speaking with confidence. I'm healed. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm blessed. I'm anointed. I've got peace in my life. Right in the middle of the fight. Just stop and say, I got peace. And then get back to fighting. Well, before your circumstance changes, your vocabulary has to. And, and it's so weird because, you know, and, and I know a lot of people, they get hung up on this thing because they've got that thing. Well, I, I just, I cannot tell a lie. You're agreeing with a, the, the, the king of liars. God declared it. So without any ambiguity, you ought to agree with him. I'm healthy. I'm above and not beneath. I'm strong. Or you got to say, no, God was lying. He didn't know what he's talking about. No wonder you don't have any confidence. You need to say what God says. You want a couple more real quick? Ten, maintain margin in your life. Scheduling, finances, have some margin. What happens is a lack of margin makes us vulnerable to crisis. Crisis is the enemy of confidence. So get in your prayer closet. Well, I don't have time for that. That's what I'm talking about. When you don't have time to develop your soul, 
you're going to lose it. So don't attempt to alleviate the pressure of life by cutting out all the spiritual strength builders. Well, we just don't have time for God, you know, because the kids' soccer schedule so busy. Tell you something, we raised three boys, baseball. Baseball is of the devil. <laughs> three boys with practices. They had three games a week each. That's nine games a week plus practices. Did we make it to all of them? Absolutely not. Do they need counseling? Not because of that. <laughs> let, let me tell you what wasn't cut out of their life. God. Church. Serving. Well, yeah, but you're the pastor. Are you crazy? It's, we made choices. They didn't have to be here. I could have just been here. But we made choices. And now they're serving God. And their friends that couldn't be anywhere near God's stuff because they were too consumed in that stuff, where are they? Guys, you need to live smart. I'm not, you know, the other side of the, uh, of the road, there's still another ditch. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to have margin, so I'm not going to engage in anything. That's just another ditch. I think you ought to be a really full life, a busy life but with an understanding that it doesn't all have to happen today. I'm going to save some space. I'm going to have some margin. You do not have to be in four group, grow groups. Just get in one. Hello, somebody. Number 11. Anticipate a lifetime of God's purpose and favor. Thinking a lifetime will increase the confidence in you. Let me just say this. You've had some big seasons. Don't let a big season tell you that there's not going to be another big season. Stop saying the good old days. They might have been good, but that don't mean they're over. Hello, somebody. Well, you know the way we used to. I'm glad you used to do it that way, but guess what? God's doing some stuff, and we are excited about it. Let me give you one more scripture, Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing, he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident, he will complete what he started. He's not done with you yet. Amen? Come on, give him a big hand tonight. Thank God he's still working on you. He's got big plans for you. He's got hope for you, strength for you, purpose for you. Amen? Bow your head, close your eyes, let me pray with you. Father, we thank you that we can have confidence